is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Here we go. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go. Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. Back from your weekend. Welcome back to Fantasy Football Today. Hope everybody had a great weekend, although the days seem to just sort of blend together. What day is it? People are asking that a lot. It is Monday. It is April 6th. It is Mock Draft Monday. That's right. We are reviewing a mock draft, and we're not the only podcast in the CBS Sports world that has Mock Draft Monday. The Pick 6 podcast also Mock Draft Monday, but their mock drafts are different than ours. They're talking NFL draft. We're talking fantasy drafts. In this case, a super flex league. I'm Adam Azer with Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings. Heath, I don't mean to pick a fight. Okay. But I really don't like your Superflex team. I, I like it slightly less than my bad Superflex team, but I really don't like your team. Yeah, I absolutely love my Superflex team, which is just like every mock we've ever done. You don't like my team. I love my team. If you liked my team, I would probably come out of the draft saying, man, I got stuck with a bunch of guys I didn't really want. I like I like a lot of your teams, but I, I don't like this one. But, I you know... Gardner Minshew at Superflex? Come on, Gardner Minshew? So well, he, he, to, let you, to let you know, during the HQ segment we did on this thing, he sends me a, a G-chat message. <laughs> I hate his team. I'm going to rip it on Monday. Why, why, these things are supposed to be private. That's perfectly fine. Um, I, I look forward to the discussion because I don't really know what there is to hate. I mean, the running backs obviously are yeah, a question mark. The but. running back. That, no, they, I hate the running backs. Uh, was, yeah, you should you should know this by now with Adam. If there's one part of your team that does not work <laughs> in his mind, it's a terrible team. His running backs are so bad, though. Uh, well, I've got like, but I have three of I think everybody's top twenty wide receivers. I have the number one quarterback and the number two tight end. Yeah, but you have Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, and Sony Michelle as your running backs. Uh, Dave, you haven't spoken. Uh, Good morning. Good morning. Oh, good morning to you. There you go. Dave has better running backs. He's Dalvin Cook and Aaron Jones. So uh, we, uh, we'll we get into the Superflex draft. And, you know, the questions about Superflex is when should you take your quarterbacks? How important is it? I'll give you a, an example of it being very important and an example of, of not so much. So uh, quick news and notes here. We also have a question about the San Francisco running backs. We have a question about second and third year players that we're looking forward to seeing who haven't really done much this year. And we'll read your emails at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. Sammy Watkins restructured his contract with the Chiefs. They already re-signed Demarcus Robinson this offseason. Watkins actually played in two more games than Tyreek Hill. Uh, really more like one more game, I guess, because he left one game early with an injury. Uh, he had one more target than Tyreek Hill. And obviously didn't do as well as Tyreek Hill. 187 fewer yards, four fewer touchdowns. But a uh, disappointing year. Three touchdowns in week one. No touchdowns rest of season until the playoffs. But, Jamie, what's uh, your reaction to Sammy Watkins restructuring his contract with the Chiefs? I mean, obviously it's good for Mahomes. It gives him another weapon, but it stinks for Nico Hardman and what the breakout potential could be for him. So, um, you know, there's still obviously a chance it could happen. Andy Reid's a smart coach, but the money suggests that they're going to still use Sammy Watkins in a big way. So I would say we're still another year away from Hardman having significant fantasy value. Um, but, you know, the the Chiefs, with what's going on, um, separate from fantasy. You know, any of these teams that can maintain some level of continuity and to the level that the Chiefs are doing it, they're going to be the favorite again. So who is the number two wide receiver that you're drafting on the Chiefs? 
Watkins if I was drafting one. Dave? Not drafting one. Watkins has six games with 13-plus PPR fantasy points in his last two seasons. Yeah, it was such a strange year for him because every time he had more than five targets in 2018, he was great. And we were talking when, when we didn't know how long Tyreek Hill was going to be suspended. We were talking about Sammy Watkins is, you know, top 12 for sure. Really good. And then Sammy Watkins or Tyreek Hill gets hurt. Watkins does nothing with it. Uh, it was odd. Heath, how about you? What's your read on the on the number two wide receiver on the Chiefs? Who is it for you? I mostly agree that I, I'm not particularly excited about drafting either Watkins or Hardman. I don't think there's any really any argument for putting Hardman over Watkins. And like the one thing I will say in defense of Sammy Watkins, because it seems like we bag on him a lot, he had 288 yards in the playoffs. Yeah. Like he was awesome in the playoffs and the Super Bowl. Um, so I, like, I think he'll, if he, if he's, well, you don't even say he plays 16 games with Sammy Watkins, but for a, a 16 game <laughs> pace, I'd guess he's a top 35 wide receiver somewhere in that 30 to 35 range this year. He's a fine number three in a three wide receiver league, but he's going to disappoint you regularly. But we can say that about so many other receivers. You know, the whole name of the game when you're talking about number three receivers is which receiver will disappoint you the least amount. And I, I just, I, I get the feeling with Sammy Watkins that yeah. he will just constantly make you sad. Well, that's sort of been the story of Eric Ebron's career. Next news item: Eric Ebron was talking about playing with Ben Roethlisberger. He's really excited for it. He also said that he hurt his ankle in August, so he played the entire year hurt, and then he had ankle surgery, which the Colts weren't happy about. That's why he had so many drops. Well, I mean, he's you know he's going to drop balls, but he was the number four tight end in fantasy in 2018. With 13 touchdowns on 110 targets. That's his only season with more than five touchdown catches. The fact that he played the whole year hurt, Dave, does that give you hope for a bounce back this year for Ebron? Nope. Nope. I'm, I'm, I'm surprised he got as much money as he did from the Steelers. And I, I would imagine that they'll use him the same way that Indianapolis did, which is kind of a red zone weapon, a nice big target for Big Ben to lob balls up to. Hopefully he can catch some of them. I think he's going to be an excellent like streaming tight end. So let's just say the schedule comes out in week one, they play Cleveland and week two, they play Cincinnati. Okay. A couple of games in division. Maybe he can score in those first two games. Maybe you take him with your second to last pick and, and you start the season rolling with Ebron as your tight end. But that's what it's going to take for me to even consider him being on my fantasy roster to begin the year. Okay. It's a downgrade for the other guy. It's a downgrade for, for Johnson, like Donald, or are you talking about everybody else? No, no, it means a downgrade for the other guy. I mean, look, he's he's a much better pass catching tight end than Vance McDonald, so he'll steal some some plays, possibly some touchdowns from Juju, from Deontay, from Washington. Does he help Big Ben a lot enough to make him draftable? I think Big Ben, if healthy, is going to be one of the best waiver wire ads. I don't think Big Ben's going to get drafted just because there's so many other quarterbacks, but you know, he he'll, he'll be in one of those. He'll be in, in that group of guys that if you take a second quarterback, especially if you take one of the, and I'm, I'm going to use the word unproven loosely, but you know, the, the second year quarterbacks, the third year, you know, Josh Allen's, the Kyle Allen's, the guys you're not comfortable with per se for some people that are just taking them because everybody's saying they're good or the, uh, older guys that, you know, may have some risks, you know, maybe Brady, maybe Breeze, maybe even, uh, you know, Rogers, you know, those, those three guys. I am getting a little nervous about what Roethlisberger's arm could look like. Could be terrible. We just, yeah, we, yeah, we we just don't know, and that would absolutely 
send Juju's stock to the cement. It would be brutal. So, and and having Eric Ebron steal a couple of touchdowns over the course of a season that would be bad too. So it's a good point. It's a fair point. But I do think Roethlisberger, if if, if his arm checks out and he looks okay and the reports are good, yes, he's one of those quarterbacks that you take as a second option. If Jameis can't get a starting job, that's the first place he should go. I'm going to put something. That'd be a great place for him to go. Yeah. Right now, just remind me when we get to the mock draft review. Let's talk about the depth at quarterback this year, because I have a a controversial take that nobody's going to agree with. Surprise, surprise. Tiger King is so overrated, but this is actually a controversial thing. You finish it? No, I, I like. We almost feel obligated to finish it because everybody else finished it, but I don't want to. I, I don't. Well, how, how far did you get? Three you episodes. I just don't, it gets so crazy though. You have I, to watch it. I just don't. All right. All right, fine. I trust. I mean, I, I look. Anytime you. something is talked about like this, the the natural feeling is it's overrated. No, I mean, I don't even think it's that good, though. It's not even like, oh, this is good but overrated. I just, I'm not interested in. It. I, I'm. But not it's it's feeling. it's more along. I don't know if like good is. It's well done. You know, I, I don't want to take anything away from how they did it, but it's just the fact that these people are so crazy. That's the thing about it. Uh, I, they are insane. It's a it's a world of insane people. By the way, Jarvis Landry. <clears throat> On track in his recovery from hip surgery, there's no specific timetable, but he is aiming for week one, obviously. So that's good news there on Landry. And we've got exciting news. So, well, first of all, this is not exciting. This is just show note here. We're going to be going from Monday, Tuesday, Thursday to Monday, Wednesday, Friday for the foreseeable future. But still three episodes at least per week, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Um, we're having our first phone call Friday this week. So we are taking your calls. We did this last offseason. I believe it was really fun. And you know we have our radio show where we take your calls for two hours, and those are I just love those radio shows. So let's hear from you. If you want to be on Phone Call Friday, we can't guarantee you a spot, but leave us an Apple Pod review with your Twitter handle and why you should be a guest on our Phone Call Friday segment. So leave us a nice review, five stars on Apple Podcasts. Include your Twitter handle. And why you should be a guest on our phone call Friday segment. We will reach out to you. It's going to be Shraggy B running this show. He's going to reach out to you on Twitter and um, tell you if you're selected to come on the show. And well, he'll, only if you have been selected, he'll reach out to you on Twitter. If you aren't selected, we'll, we're going to try to do this more frequently because uh, I think it's going to be a lot of fun. I like hearing from the listeners, interacting with you guys. And uh, yeah, phone call Friday again. Get those. Get those. Don't waste time because there's a little bit of a lag, and when we when you submit your Apple Pod review and when it shows up, so we look forward to hearing from you. All right, email of the day number one is from Justin. Which second or third year players that haven't played an entire season or at all yet are you most looking forward to watching this year? Examples: Jalen Hurd, Bryce Love, Preston Williams, etc. Thanks for the podcast. I'm an ER nurse, and you guys give me something to look forward to. To listening, uh, forward to listening to on my way to work. Thank you for what you're doing right now, Justin. So, guys, which second or third year players that haven't played at an entire season or at all are you most looking forward to, Heath? I think there's an obvious answer is Darius Geis. Like he is the the guy who we thought could be a superstar that's had two seasons derailed that could still at some point be a superstar. So I, I'm very much looking forward to hopefully seeing him play 16 games. Um, and then the obvious answer for me would be Gardner Minshew. <laughs> I thought your I thought your obvious answer would be Hayden Hurst. Well, he played 16 games last year, so I didn't think he qualified. Did he? Okay. All right. Good for him. Very, I didn't yeah. check to see if he did. He didn't do right. I mean, Gardner Minshew, obviously, 
that did a lot more than Hayden Hurst. But all right, Darius Geis and Gardner Minshew for Heath. Jamie? Uh, you know, I'm curious to see TJ Hawkinson for 16 games. I know he played, but I think 11 games last year. So I don't know if this necessarily qualifies, but I like to see what he can do in the second season if he can take the next step forward. And the other guy was just more along the lines of not doing much was another second year tight end, which was Irv Smith. Um, just to see if they can't find a true replacement for Stephon Diggs. I don't really believe that BC Johnson and Tajay Sharp are going to fill those shoes, even collectively. So if, if we see, uh, if we see more from, uh, from the second tight end similar to Dallas Goddard, we have that type of production from the Vikings second tight end. And David? For the record, I, I don't think Tajay Sharp will do a damn thing. I wanna, I, I had two names. The first one was Nikhil Harry, although I'm not as excited to see him because I don't know who's gonna throw him the football if it's Brian Hoyer, Jared Sinem. It's probably not gonna be pretty, but at least we'll see him run routes, be physical. Um, do a lot of the things that made him a first-round pick in, in the NFL draft and in rookie-only drafts last year. But the one that I'm really interested in seeing, and I can't wait to go back and double-check the film on him, is Drew Locke with Denver. All signs point to the Broncos adding another wide receiver to their offense. We're all expecting Noah Fant to take a big step. Some of us are drafting Cortland Sutton as a top-12 fantasy receiver. Can, can, can this guy hold up his end of the bargain? Because if he stinks, it's going to be bad for a lot of people in fantasy. And uh, I, I'm 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 very intrigued by him and, and the direction of the Broncos' offense. Okay, I'll give one more Patriots rookie for the second year now, Damian Harris. They used a pretty high pick on him. He had four carries as a rookie for 12 yards. Horrible yards per carry. Very concerned about four carries for 12 yards. But uh, I just think they they need a better running back. So let's see if Damian Harris can get a little more run this this year. All right, thanks, guys. Email of the day number two is from Nick. I've done a large number of mock draft simulations due to an extraordinary time due to extraordinary time on my hands. Uh, I know there's a lot of dust that still needs to settle with the draft and the rest of the offseason, but one thing I've noticed is that it's been pretty easy for me to get at least two pieces of the 49ers backfields. In 12-team mocks, I usually can get Mostert and Coleman with two of my first few bench spots. While I'd expect that they'd move up a bit, I still really like the value of getting them as flex-slash-bench picks, Raheem Mostert and Tevin Coleman. I would even feel comfortable if I went heavy at wide receiver and then drafted Mostert as my RB2 and Coleman for my bench or vice versa. Obviously, the caveat is that Breida, McKinnon, and Wilson Jr. are all on the roster, but I can't imagine Mostert doesn't get some play after his performance in the playoffs, and Coleman was the, quote, lead back for a large portion of the season. With the info we have now, do you think drafting two of these San Francisco running backs is a good strategy, or is it too risky? I like it for now, especially if it stays this way and the 49ers don't actually add another running back because there, there was a report that Burrito wasn't a lock to even make the final roster. Jared McKinnon's back. I don't know how big of a role he's going to end up having. So I, I think between the two of these guys, you'll have one that you'll, you'll feel okay starting as a flex and as a number two running back if you're really desperate. So the, the price tag isn't that bad, right? You can get Raheem Mostert in round seven or so, and you can get Tevin Coleman round nine or so. And that's a team that loves to run the football. They do like uh, Jeff Wilson. So I keep an eye on that one just to see what they're going to do there. Are we going to get... Uh, because like Mostert, you know, as much as he was great, he was a, the top, a top 10 running back in the final five games of the season. But he scored seven touchdowns in his last six games. Uh, but in those five games, he only had 64 carries. He was a top 10 running back because he scored six touchdowns in those last five games. 
uh, six rushing and one receiving, actually. But he was 20th in carries. Tevin Coleman only had 22 carries, so he was useless, useless in those five games. No more than five carries in those five games. I'm actually kind of concerned. If everything goes as it did last year, you're going to have a really front. You're not going to have a must-start guy by any means. Um, a must-start guy? Um, you're definitely Well, like, if everything goes like it did last year and like it has with these backs most years, two of them are going to be hurt at some point. Yeah, that's and then true. you will have a must-start back. I mean, that that's a good point. That's a good point. But if they're healthy, like if you just look at the playoffs, Raheem Mostert had 12 carries in the first game of the playoffs and 12 carries in the Super Bowl. Tevin Coleman got hurt in the second game, the game against Green Bay, and Mostert had 29 carries, 220 yards, and four touchdowns. And I still didn't cash in DFS. Um, <laughs> but I'm worried that Mostert gets like 13 carries, Coleman gets five. Neither of them gets many catches. And then what do you have? You have two bench players, basically. Yeah, I mean, we said this earlier this offseason that I think, you know, th- th- there's clearly a top two right now. And even if Brita comes back, there's top two of Coleman and Mostert. And if you really want to piece this backfield, you take the one that falls, which in most cases is going to be Coleman. Yeah. By the way, what I was saying is really more like a worst case scenario. It's not necessarily what I think will happen, but it's, they still it's a have a, they still have a tremendous offensive line. There's still a commitment to run the ball. They haven't upgraded their receiving core. As a matter of fact, they lost the guy. You know, so you know it's I I do think that you're going to see a more aggressive Jimmy Garoppolo and a more aggressive Kyle Shanahan. The draft will sort of dictate that, but. You know, you, you said this, Adam, when we were breaking down the NFC West, that losing Buckner is a is a potential blow to their defense. We'll see what they do to replace him in the NFL draft as well. So the defense may not be as stingy, and they could be in some more up-tempo games, which may put the ball in the hands of their backs, catching it more so than running it, if that's something they decide to do. So it is Mock Draft Monday. It's time we move on to our Superflex Mock Draft 12 Teams PPR Five point per passing touchdown. A little wrinkle there. Tell you why you really should be treating this as a two QB league. But first, a word from our sponsor via Dave Richard. What's up, Dave? <laughs> What's up, Adam? I'm the sponsor now. All yeah, of a sudden, the sponsor via Dave no, Richard. You're the vehicle. The, the sponsor is Coors Light, and, and do I have a story for you guys? So uh, we're all on Skype. You can see my finger here. This is my right hand. Oh my gosh, looks pretty normal, right? Yeah. I had a coronavirus accident. Uh, this is my left hand. Uh, Can you tell? Uh, yeah. The what difference? See how it's like all uh, puffy here and uh, like I can't move my ring anymore on my <laughs> ring finger. Yeah. My, I had an accident while staying at home and quarantining with the family and uh, it hurt really bad. And I, I figured if there was any time to get a moment of chill after hurting my finger and potentially breaking it i don't know what the hell's going on with this thing it's it's pretty bad it's uh it's puffy uh i figured coors light would do the trick and so i kicked it in my backyard had a coors light grilled a steak last night and uh it was just it, it just made for the best of a bad situation it's not like my finger stopped hurting or anything like that this isn't some sort of magic you know drink a tonic if you will but it it gave me a moment to just chill out and relax and uh take it all in and you know happy that my family's healthy uh happy that i'm about to have a steak happy that i'm having a beer that's cold and and refreshing and it doesn't have that aftertaste that we've talked about so much so it it ended up being a, a decent night after all although i have had to ice this thing overnight and i had a hard time sleeping but i'll be okay life will go on and it was all helped a little bit just a little bit 
by having a, a Coors Light, the mountain cold refreshment that was made to chill. Uh, celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. Yes, and when you want to reset, you reach for the beer that's made to chill. And Dave, you got to tape those fingers, man. You have any tape? Uh, of course, I've got tape. Yeah, you got to tape it. I don't know if that's really going to help. Oh, it's going to help. You got to you got to make like a split because you're not going to the emergency room, so you got to make no, a, no, no. You got to make a splint right now. You got to tape the fingers together. I'm I'm nervous that I'm going to have to get my ring cut off. Yeah, that's, that's what I was weird. thinking. Yeah, I think you do. I'm not ready Doctor to go Cummins there yet. Doctor coming through. Do you have like a saw, Heath? Can I come over to your house and you can? I, I do not have a saw, thing? but I my um, father-in-law had to cut a ring off of my finger really? with a saw in a very uh, similar incident b- before, and uh, I think you need to cut your ring off. I, you guys I think didn't that's even ask premature. First of all, Heath is trying to get you to cut your ring off. Like that is premature. Give it a week. See if the swelling goes down, Heath. Like let's right. let's give him a little bit of time here. No, look, you, you... okay, I. <laughs> I, I would watch the color of that finger very closely. I am. It, it is yeah. extremely tight. It is definitely tight. It looks like uh, like when Chris Farley was doing an act and he had to put a tie on and like his head was like way too big and the tie was tight around his neck. That's what my 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 finger looks like. It's all swollen. Fat finger. It's a little a, black and blue on the knuckle. Fat finger and a little ring. Like Chris Fat Farley. finger and a little right, so ring. And usually my ring is loose on me, so that's making it all the more troublesome here. What happened? Can't even get it up. There's only so one. What did you do? How did you? Do it? Uh, I was I was playing one on one against Ryan, and and the basketball jammed my finger. Yeah, no, that's tough. But I'm yeah, telling you, that's happened to me and before. And I look like the biggest wuss ever. <laughs> that's happened to me before. You just tape it, tape them together. You're gonna be all right. But uh, can I ask you guys a question here? Uh, etiquette question. I was driving yesterday. I had to drop something off for my wife, for for her job. I passed a golf course. Golf course was pretty crowded. Parking lot was packed. People are out there golfing, walking around. I was really mad. I was really mad. And I think I'm going to call them and yell at them today. And I'm like, I'm considering calling like the city or the county. I'm like, really, you can't do, this is not the time to be golfing. Okay, like this is important stuff. It, we're all well, sitting golf, here. You know, golf if it's if it's done okay, it should be safe. I, you know, I don't buy that. You're walking through the clubhouse. Like, what are you going to tell everybody? Stay six feet away. I, I don't buy it. This is not the time to be no, going I out mean, golfing. I mean, you're right. You're right. right. It, it's it it's not a necessity. But you know, if there is a recreational activity that can be done safely, you know, there. I, I know when this first started. Obviously, we're in Florida. When this first started, before they shut down the golf courses, which they have. At least most of them, as far as I know, um, they made everybody go in a cart by themselves. Yep. And they had to, uh, you know, stay away in, in the clubhouse from each I, other. Yeah. There's no golf here anymore. My 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 dad tells me they they're telling you don't pull the pin, and they've put some things in the cups where you don't have to reach as far far down in to reach your ball. It's like the little practice green cups. Yeah. So you don't have to touch anything to get your ball out of the hole. So yeah, I don't buy. But it. in the grand in the grand scheme of things, Adam, you're right. There's yeah. there's no need to be playing golf right now. Um, you know, but what's the etiquette etiquette question? Like, should I do it? Should I call them and berate them? I don't, I don't really think I don't, your I don't phone think you call can have much, change anything. Success. I think yeah. I'm I I'm considering like calling local government and telling them you should shut down. Is, these is damn it a courses. private club or a public course? I'm not sure. There's a big difference. Why? What what would be the, the difference? public course would be shut down? Public course. You, you may have a chance of making some headway. A private club, you know, they're going to do what they want. 
Well, I can all... see the Simpsons headline now: "Local man ruins everything," <laughs> and it's a picture of Adam, like smiling. Local man ruins fun. That's me. All right, let's talk mock draft here. Twelve teams, PPR, super flex. What a super flex means mean uh, it means you can start any position you want at at this particular flex. There was also, well, any offensive position. Can't start a kicker or a DST. There's also a regular flex where that can't be a quarterback, but the super flex, of course, can be a quarterback, and for most people, it will be a quarterback. It's five point per passing touchdown. It's PPR, as I mentioned, but it's also three receivers. So quarterback, two running back, three receivers, tight end, a normal flex, and a super flex, and a DST and a kicker. Uh, in this format, the you're saying, so, all right, so it's PPR. I might not get a good number two quarterback. Now I'll just throw out a wide receiver or running back in my flex. Well, Last year, the number 24 quarterback, so if every team had just two quarterbacks, the number 24 quarterback in the five-point-per-passing touchdown league was Mitchell Trubisky. He wasn't very good, but you compare him to other players, he was the number 12 running back. He scored more points than Mark Ingram, Miles Sanders, Todd Gurley, Chris Carson, and Kenyon Drake. He would have been the number 16 wide receiver in PPR. He scored, Trubisky scored more points than Devontae Adams, Robert Woods, Tyler Boyd, A.J. Brown, and Stephon Diggs. So let's put it simply, guys, in a super flex league, you want that to be a quarterback, right? Yep. All right. Good. We've established that. Um, when do you take him? Heath, you took the you had the fourth pick, right? I had the, the fourth pick and I took uh Patrick Mahomes. I in most of these leagues, I won't take a quarterback probably until the fourth or fifth round. But if I have a chance to get Mahomes or Lamar Jackson then uh, I'm fine with taking them as early as number three. And uh, I, th- I think like they've they've obviously shown that they can be a difference maker unlike any other quarterback. You say fourth or fifth round. Obviously, our Superflex League still is not, not super quarterback heavy. People tend to wait a little. I mean, not obviously not like they do in a one-quarterback league. But what range are you looking at in, when you're talking uh, fourth round or so? What's that typical quarterback range where you start to look? I think what I said last year was I'm probably not going to get one of my top 12, but I'd like to get two of my top 18. Um, Looking at it for this year, I I think it's even deeper as far as the number two quarterbacks go. Now, those guys may not have quite as much number one type upside, but I'm pretty much fine with like – quarterbacks 18 through 24 being my number two if I do that though I'm going to quickly take a number three if I if I have a a number two that's kind of a borderline number two quarterback then I want to have another one as well did you in our mock in in our mock Drew Brees and Matt Ryan were the only quarterbacks taken in round five which I would think is highly unlikely to be seen in a typical super flex draft those guys should go earlier Oh, okay, Jamie just sent me the breakdown of when the quarterbacks went. Two in round one, two in round three, three in round four, two in round five. So that's nine in the first five rounds. And then nothing in round six, but four in round seven. A little bit of a run there. Seven in round eight, six in round nine. But only nine quarterbacks for the first five rounds. That's Would you call that surprising? And there were 36 quarterbacks taken in the draft, including Taysom Hill, Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, Mitchell Trubisky, Cam Newton, Jared Stidham. Obviously, not all those guys are going to be starters, but uh, yeah, nine I, in the first five rounds, that's that's low. I think just just pay more attention to like 
where we were taking guys relative to the number of quarterbacks selected so far and not as much relative to the round they were taken in. Jamie, what's your quarterback I, strategy? You took Michael Thomas third. Yeah, and you know, I, I when we were talking about the draft and we were joking that once again you, me, and Heath were back to back to back or within, you know, a few spots of each you other. Are. I said, Oh, I'm gonna take uh Mahomes at three and you said, No, you won't, I dare you. Um <laughs> uh, But yeah, I was considering it. I was considering Mahomes at three. Yeah, I'm surprised you went why did you go with Michael Thomas, by the way, instead of Ezekiel Elliott, it was Christian McCaffrey, Saquon Barkley, and then you went with Thomas. Oh, I like Thomas better in PPR than Zeke. Okay, Dave, what's your quarterback strategy? I, I'm going off of feel more than anything else. I want to, I want to try and get two of my top twelve quarterbacks. I just think your team will be that much better off if you get two of those better quarterbacks rather than two of the top eighteen. I, I think two of the top eighteen is a good fallback strategy, but if I can get two of my top twelve especially knowing that I'm drafting with people that like to wait for a quarterback. Uh, I, I try and do that. So that's my move. Uh, I felt like in round three, Dak Prescott was a good value. I had already taken two running backs at that point. I was really happy with the running backs I had. And so I took him there. And then Aaron Rodgers fell into my lap, basically, in round seven. Yeah. Like Brady went off the board. When I saw Jamie take Tom Brady at 75, I went, okay. The the rest of the top 12 are starting to go off the board. I need to get one now. So maybe the idea is, you know how I tier my quarterbacks every year and I put them into you know bunches. When I see a tier of quarterbacks running low and my pick is coming up, I'm going to try and get one of them. And that's it. I think that that's probably what I mean by feel and waiting until the time is right to take a quarterback. Because if I've got five quarterbacks left on the board that I feel – really happy with taking, and I think that one of them can make it back to me in the next round, I'm going to take the chance that one of them will. And when you took Aaron Rodgers, that was a very interesting moment in the draft, right? Because we're six, we're through with six rounds, and so far only nine quarterbacks are off the board. And at this point, guys, through round six, I know I had one, zero, I think zero quarterbacks, actually. Um, no, I had Drew Brees. I had one. Heath had one. Dave, you had. I had one. You had one. After Jamie? round six. Yep. What do you had through through round six? How many did you have? Me? Yeah. I'm sorry, I didn't hear. Uh, I had two. No, through round six. Through round I six, had you had one. Right. So we all had one. Yeah. No. What Dave? What Dave? What Dave said. I had uh, Brady was my second guy in round seven. Yeah. So so Jamie takes Brady. Heath takes Daryl Henderson. I take Ronald Jones. And we're now in the middle of round seven, and then the quarterback run. This is what kind of made me hate my team. Uh, Carson Wentz, Aaron Rodgers, Matthew Stafford, Baker Mayfield, Daniel Jones, Jared Goff, Jimmy Garoppolo, all gone by my next pick, by Heath's next you pick. You forgot three more. Oh, by your next pick. Yeah, right. when I took Ben Roethlisberger. And then there were three more to end round eight, so it was this crazy quarterback. And Heath took Gardner Minshew, and then there was Ryan Tannehill. But, you know, you have to sit there and, and make this decision. Do I want Ronald Jones? He's my flex at that point. He's my third running back. For Heath, do I take Daryl Henderson, who is your first or your second running back? Your second. You had taken Kareem Hunt. Um, or do I want... <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> what? It's just funny duo. <laughs> I, it's just, it, you know, this run, we missed, we missed the run. You know, we took a gamble. I don't know how you felt about it, Heath, but I was disappointed. I don't know that I made the wrong decision, but I wanted, 
I wanted a top 12 guy there. I had to settle for Ben Roethlisberger, and that obviously makes me a little bit queasy. You settled for Gardner Minshew, and then you took Phillip Rivers shortly thereafter, like you said, to uh, get that third quarterback. I thought that was a good move. But, yeah, what did you think about that decision to take your number two running back, Daryl Henderson, miss out on a slew of top 12 quarterbacks and have to finish, have to settle for Gardner Minshew? I, I just think the position I was in, and I basically started, um, I think, like, first five picks I did not take a running back, so basically started zero running back. And I, I the difference between what I expected to be available at running back and Henderson, I was surprised Henderson was still there, frankly. And so I thought there was going to be a big a big drop-off at running back, and I'm pretty much fine with having Gardner Minshew and Phillip Rivers to try to give me, like, stream those two and get close to top 12 production yeah so do you think that because if you go zero rb and let's just go through your first five picks patrick mahomes do you have him in front of you by any chance yeah george kittle was my second round pick i believe yep dj moore Corlin sutton tyler lockett then you took kareem hunt in round six and daryl henderson in round seven but if you go zero rb you it might might make you kind of weak at number two quarterback because you got to fill out running back at some point. I just don't think like when I think of kind of weak at number two quarterback, I think, man, I'm not sure I have top 20 guy. And I'm not not sure you do. (laughs) Well, I understand like maybe, maybe Jameis Winston will sign with Jacksonville, but I have like based on what we saw last year, I don't have any real reason to doubt whether Gardner Minshew is going to be a fine number two. Okay. Right, and and to be fair, you know we're we're drafting before the Jaguars have made another move. They're going to add another quarterback to some extent, and so you know, is it at nine in the NFL draft? Is it Jameis? Is it Cam? Is it somebody that's going to replace Gardner Minshew? If that's the case, that's probably the guy Heath is drafting in that range. Okay, now I want to talk about quarterback depth, and just tell me overall, how are you guys feeling about quarterback depth this year? It's never been deeper. If that's the Fair. case, this would be the third year that you're saying that. Third straight year, I'd say. Because I, I feel like we, as a podcast at least, have said that. It's much better for fantasy than it's ever been. And it will continue to be that way. But but here's the problem. There's going to there's gonna be guys who fail, obviously. Uh, like, it's it is, getting close to where I, I almost just feel like most, like we should just try to make um, this format a little bit more standard. Because I mean, in the one-quarterback yeah, league, you could literally wait until your last pick and get somebody that you're okay with starting. Yeah, easily. I just think that here's the problem, right? Look at look at who you guys have in the 13 to 18 range. You've got guys who were mostly bad last year, like Jared Goff and Baker Mayfield. You've got Ryan Tannehill, who's been good for nine games, basically, whatever it was. You've got Ben Roethlisberger, who's a big question mark. You got Daniel Jones, who had three or four great games last year and was pretty, pretty much not usable after that. Um, you know, look, I liked I, I, the idea of Kirk Cousins being twenty third or nineteenth for Dave, twenty third for Heath and, and Jamie. That's appealing, but but I, I think once you get past the top twelve, this really comes into play in a two QB league. There are going to be a lot of disappointments there. And that's obviously a problem. So, you know, Dave said he wanted to get two of his top 12, and I, I get that right. because 12 yeah. for you is Tom Brady. Uh, right, I mean, but I even think, th- about, think about the last two years where Mahomes was barely a top 12 guy. Lamar Jackson was not a top 12 guy. Jameis Winston was not a top 12 guy. 
you know, there's going to be one or two of those, maybe not to the heights of what Mahomes and Winston and, and Jackson were each of the last two seasons, but there's going to be guys, maybe it's Mitchell, maybe it's Rivers being, you know, rejuvenated and surrounded by different talent, if not better talent in Indianapolis. Um, maybe it's, you know, Cam or Jameis signing with the team, maybe not to start week one, but by the time the middle of the season starts, we haven't factored in where we're going to rank Burrow and, and potentially Tua or the other rookie quarterbacks, you know, so, you know, there's still things at play here that are going to change the way 13 through 18 or 13 through 24 look. Uh, but there's going to be one or two of those guys that, you know, jump into that group. I mean, think about Stafford last year. Had he finished the season, you know, that would have been another guy that was drafted outside the top 12 that had a, a very strong performance. So it's, uh, it, again, there, like any position, there's going to be struggles for a lot of guys. But, you know, the, the nice thing is, is that, you're going to have a Tannehill emerge this year. You're going to have one of these other guys, you know, become top 12 and, and either replace. The hope is that the guys in the top 12, the consensus top 12, are all very good. So if there is a drop-off for them, it's not a 10 to 20. You know, it's a 10 to 15, and, and, and you're still getting good numbers from that guy. All right, let's review our teams here. I guess we've talked about heats enough. So why don't you go first? You had the fourth pick. Jamie had the third pick. Heath had the fourth pick. I had the... Fifth pick, and Dave had the seventh, seventh pick. There we go. Um, all right, Heath, zero RB. What do you got? Yeah, I mean, we've really talked about most of my team. My starters are Patrick Mahomes, Daryl Henderson, Kareem Hunt, Tyler Lockett, DJ Moore, Cortland Sutton, George Kittle. Um, at flex right now, I've got Sony Michelle, Gardner Minshew, and my super flex. On the bench, I've got a bunch of backup running backs, Chase Edmonds, Tony Pollard, Justin Jackson, Justice Hill, as well as Phillip Rivers and, for some reason, Paris Campbell. Um, <laughs> oh, I was mad yeah. when you took him. I actually really wanted Paris Campbell. I think, yeah, like, that, I think that was a great pick. How you feel about this team may not even have that much to do with running back. I mean, we can all agree running back's the weakness. It's whether or not quarterback, tight end, and wide receiver is enough to make up for that. And I think probably like no one's going to disagree that my quarterback and tight end combo is the best in the league probably. So yeah. it comes down to how do you feel about those wide receivers? And for me, it's two of my top 10 wide receivers in PPR and three of my top 15. It's lock- Well, if it's, I've really got yeah. three top 15 wide receivers, the number one quarterback and the number two tight end, running back's not going to matter all that much. And it's DJ Moore, Corlin Sutton, and Tyler Lockett. You have the second. It's really interesting. You have the second best Seahawks receiver, uh, so that's you know that's something. And you had asked who is the player that we need to talk about more mm-hmm. on my team, and I think it's probably Tyler Luckett because I think we've maybe talked about DK Metcalf more than we've talked about Luckett. Mm-hmm. And this is a guy who has just year after year been one of the most efficient wide receivers in football. We saw him get 110 targets, by far a career high last year and still somehow maintain 9.6 yards per target, which is absolutely elite. And now his quarterback is talking about how they need to throw the ball more. I like I think he and DK Metcalf can both be good. Obviously, they showed that last year. But I we may be underrating the possibility that Tyler Lockett could be great. He's one of those guys, I think, that you fall victim to, whether it's us or our, our users, in that he started off the season playing really well, and then he had the hospital scare yep. and did not finish that strong. And Metcalf kind of eclipsed him a little bit at that point. And it's like you kind of forget how good he was early in the season. Um, I, I think one thing at play here is what's Greg Olson slash 
this lease slash whatever they do at tight end going to impact this entire passing game? Because do they sort of, you know, defer to the veteran a little bit more than they may have to some of the younger tight ends? Or do they incorporate all their tight ends, you know, because they have a bunch? Uh, and obviously the run game too. You know, if the run game is not healthy, you know, if they don't have a healthy Chris Carson or a healthy group, you know, then it does put the ball more in, in Russell Wilson's hands. So yeah, Tyler Lockett, I think is, is, I think your team is, is, is really good. Adam's not giving enough credit. The one thing I think that kind of would have been better for you, Heath, is, and I, and I know why you did it, because you were kind of, at least I think I know you did, you were kind of stockpiling running backs. Like, if you had taken a better flex than Sony Michelle, like if Michelle yeah. was one of your bench players, I'm just looking at where you, like, you, your, your round 10, 11 swing, essentially, was Sony Michelle, Justin Jackson. I love Justin Jackson at 11. I think that's one of the best picks in the draft. You had the opportunity there to take three receivers that I liked, two of which I took. <laughs> Um, Marvin Jones, Anthony Miller, and, and Kenny Stills, which I know you like Stills, and, and Jones, I think, is, is another guy that's, that's underrated. If you had, like, another receiver in your flex spot, I think this makes this team better. And you could just say, same thing like you talked about with your quarterbacks, how you're just going to, you know, mix and match Minshew and, and Rivers. Like, if you just say, okay, I'm going to throw uh, Hunt or Henderson or one of Jackson or Michelle, whoever you end up taking, and just, you know, along with maybe Edmonds or Pollard or whatever that, I think that team makes it look a little bit better than just the fact that you have to start Sony Michelle right now just based on how you have it built. Yeah, and I like I think in PPR I definitely have Marvin Jones projected for more points than Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. You're right; it was just solely a thing of I've got two running backs right now. They are Daryl Henderson and Kareem Hunt. Right. I better get more. I better get more running backs. Let's go to Jamie's team, picking third, taking Michael Thomas in round one, and you give us uh, the rundown on your team and one player that we need to talk more about. Well, I I, I kind of did an opposite approach of Heath. I I, I waited a little bit probably too long on my second and third receiver, but I went with uh, three running backs with three of my next four picks um, after taking Thomas with uh, Derek Henry in round two, Miles Sanders in round three, and um, Marlon Mack in round four. Um, right? Is that what I did? Yep. Yeah. Which is awesome. No, I took I took Josh Allen in round four. Excuse me. I took Marlon Mack in round five. Um, so my running backs are, are, are very solid, I think. Um uh, I don't love Derrick Henry, but at the end of round two, I'll take him there. Are you bothered then, by having Henry and Mack in PPR? That's two of your um, Not at the spots I took them. You know, again, Henry in round two and, and Mack in round five. Uh, I'm I'm fine with that. I do think Mack's catches will go up slightly, not to a point where he's an elite pass catching back, but enough um, to help him as as a flex option. Uh, and then it was kind of okay. I'm just going to kind of wait out my my receivers and. Um, I passed on Marvin Jones at that round 10-11 spot after taking Jameson Crowder, who I think is going to be very undervalued this year, just given what the Jets receiving core looks like right now, and we'll see what it looks like coming out of the draft. But being the slot receiver for Adam Gase and for Darnold, as we saw for Crowder at times last year, I think seven of the 13 games that Darnold played, Crowder scored uh, 13 or more PPR points, so basically half. So he had a, a, a good season last year, and again, we don't know how healthy Darnold was. But I, I was taking kind of more swing for the fences, and, and, and I want to undersell Marvin Jones, but I think Anthony Miller can take a step forward without Taylor Gabriel there, as we saw um, last year. And then uh, Stills was another guy that I think is going to be a little undervalued with Hopkins gone. We'll see if Hopkins is gone. Uh, the latest, by the way, is that the trade has not gone through because they haven't passed their physical. So that'd be really funny if uh, <laughs> Hopkins gets sent back to the Texans and <laughs> David Johnson stuck in Arizona. Uh, but I just fortunate got, for the Texans. Uh, probably so. Um uh, but I just started taking, you know, wide receivers that I thought had some upside in the spots that I took them. So 
while Thomas is, is clearly the best <laughs> everywhere. Um, I have Crowder as, as a second option. Um, uh, Anthony Miller, Kenny Stills, Sterling Shepard, and Alan Lazard. So I'm fairly comfortable with that group. You know, we'll see what happens with the Packers with Lazard, but the rest of those guys that similar to what Heath was talking about with his quarterbacks, like I'll get two of those guys to be serviceable to complement the rest of my team, which is Josh Allen and Tom Brady and Teddy Bridgewater at quarterback and Darren Waller at tight end. And isn't that the easier way to go about it? Like I, I would rather backfill receiver especially in a PPR format, than any other position because I just think that there are so many wideouts that you can go and grab in the mid to very end of the draft, and you'll say, okay, I can make a case for this guy to be, in a pinch, get me 10 to 15 PPR points. Yeah, I, 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 think, I just I think, think that that's a smart way to go about it. I, I think, I think you're, you're on to something there. The, the one thing that I think probably would make me feel more comfortable um, overall, and I'm sure if uh, you know, just looking at it, is to have a better second option. Like I'd rather have Crowder as my third receiver than my second one. Um, you know. Right, but look what you've got everywhere else. Yeah, no, I, 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 I like I said, I'm, I'm comfortable with it. But I think if you just like, if I had passed on Brady and let's say had taken Jarvis Landry or Julian Edelman and then had come back in, well, I guess you know Adam was talking about that missing tier. But let's yeah. say it's Ryan Tannehill, you know, uh, instead of Brady. So am I, I a little bit weaker right quarterback? Thing. Yeah. Yeah, I think you did the right thing taking Brady there. Yeah, I agree. I, I, again, you know, that, that's why that's why I did it. But, you know, I'm just looking at playing devil's advocate to the opposite yeah. side of it. But I think this is this might be the way to go if you take Michael Thomas in round one. Maybe you shouldn't be in a hurry to get another wide receiver because, you know, Thomas is going to be money and you can pick up all those other running backs. So, like, I, I know you started with Thomas and then two running backs and then Allen and then Marlon Mack in round five. I would not have been opposed, and, and maybe this is me being, you know, a psycho for running backs, but Thomas in round one, running back, running back, running back, and then start thinking about that second wide receiver in round five. Yeah, but I took Josh Allen as well, so that's kind of the... No, know. that's what I'm saying. Like, in this format, I get why you did that. Oh, I okay, think that's I smart. Yeah. Yep. Well, if it's a one-quarterback league, I'm not going to take a quarterback in round oh, four. Oh, for sure. Right, right, right. And, skill position player there. Yeah, if you take Michael Thomas in round one, and two of your next three running backs end up being Derrick Henry... And Marlon Mack, as is with the case with Jamie, he also has Miles Sanders. Well, you got a little bit of a catch cushion there with Michael Thomas. He does make it a little bit easier to take a guy like Marlon Mack and Derrick Henry in a PPR league because Thomas is obviously the, the, going to be the favorite to lead the league in catches. Yeah, and I, I can see Crowder with 85 catches if he stays healthy. And I can see, you know, uh, Miller, 75 catches. You know, so both those guys yeah. have enough to, to be serviceable in this format. How many? 85, you said, for Crowder? How about this? I've already given this stat, but I'll give it again. He played 13 games with Sam Darnold. His 16-game pace in those 13 games, 86 catches, 933 yards, 7 touchdowns on 133 targets. Dave, oh, uh, was there one player that we wanted that you wanted to spend more time talking about on your team? I think we did. You know, Crowder. Yeah. Crowder surprising. All right, Dave, you had the seventh pick, and your first-round pick was... Dalvin Cook. Now, oh, this piece is pretty good. And He's then, not bad. Yeah, then Aaron and Jones in round two. I got Aaron Jones in round two, and I, I loved picking seventh because I was guaranteed one of the top four running backs, Michael Thomas, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson. So rank those seven guys before the draft even started, and I knew that I'd get one of them to fall into my lap. I was thrilled that it was Dalvin Cook. Came back in round two, would love the value for Aaron Jones. I wasn't ready. Kyler Murray is my number three quarterback. I didn't want to take him in round two. So I took Aaron Jones, and, and I'm trying to look for running backs early on. I want to get as many 
of those studs who produce at a high level uh, as much as I can in any draft. So those were my first two picks. And then Dak Prescott went in round three to me. I believe Kyler had gone off the board at that point when I was up in yeah, round three. Otherwise, yeah. I, yeah, otherwise I would have taken Kyler, obviously. And I think it was because Kyler went off the board. Like that sent a signal off in my head. Okay, this this second tier of quarterbacks in my mind, it's it's going to be gone by the time I pick in round four. I better get one of them now. And I wanted strength at at least one of my quarterback spots. And so that's what I took with Dak Prescott. And then I just, I feel like I got lucky in round four. I had, the, the pick was Calvin Ridley. And I was just, I was thrilled to get him there. I, I, he's one of my top 12, court, well, top 12 wide receivers, rather, excuse me. Uh, love his potential to have finally a 1,000 yard season, bunch of touchdowns, bunch of catches. I think the sky's the limit for him in Atlanta. And I believe my next pick after that was DJ Chark, and I was happy to have him. I've got him as a top 24 receiver. Uh, no, your next pick was Zach Ertz and then DJ Chark. Oh, that's even better. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, Adam. Ertz, I, Ertz wasn't somebody I was planning on taking, but he fell in round five. And I, I just thought that that was way too good of a value to pass up. So I was happy to take him. And then I got Chark after all in round six. And if Ertz was off the board, I probably would have taken Chark in round five. I don't remember exactly who was available at that point, but to get both those guys in rounds five, six, picking in the middle of the round each time, I was, I was a happy camper. So the, the core of my team, Dak, Aaron Jones, Dalvin Cook, DJ Chark, Calvin Ridley, Zach Ertz, I felt like I could do no wrong the rest of the way. But then we talked about what happened in round seven. Uh, saw Jamie take Tom Brady, saw Carson Wentz go right in front of me. I have Rodgers ranked ahead of Wentz as it is. I was happy to take Aaron Rodgers there. Really loved the the backbone of my team through the first seven rounds. And I, I backed with wide receiver. Like I said, my number three receiver is Hollywood Brown. Uh, on my bench at wide receiver, Darius Slayton, who I like a lot. Cole Beasley, who I think we should talk a, a tad more about. I took Cam in round 12. Uh, Blake Jarwin as a second tight end. Gus Edwards. And, and I was a responsible boy. I took Alexander Madison as well. So I've got that Vikings run game all locked up in this mock league that we're not going to play out. <laughs> but it's still something that I would do. If I take Dalvin Cook, I've got to prioritize taking Alexander Madison. Yeah, and you and when did Madison go? That was round eleven. Uh, all right, so let's talk a little bit more. I'll just read Dave's team again. The starters are Prescott, Dalvin Cook, and Aaron Jones. Calvin Ridley, DJ Chark, Marquise Brown, Zach Ertz, Philip Lindsay is your flex right now. That could be Darius Slayton, maybe Cole Beasley, Alexander Madison, um, and uh, yeah, Aaron Rodgers is your super flex. And you have the Niners DST and Harrison Bucker, so you're good at DST and kicker. Uh, you want to talk a little bit more about Cole Beasley. Is is his value just done, though, with Stefan Diggs on board? I don't think it's done. I think he's got his role locked in as, as the top slot guy for Buffalo. And I was on uh, Jorge Edwards' Fantasy and Frames podcast, and he asked me to name an, an underrated player in the AFC, or an underrated receiver in the AFC East. And I, I didn't want to give an obvious name. I went with Cole Beasley. And it's not because I think Cole Beasley is going to finish as a top 30 PPR receiver. I just think he's a really good bench receiver. He got you 10 or more PPR fantasy points last year in 10 of 15 games. I don't think his role is going to change much. His targets could slide because Stephon Diggs is there. But I, I saw Josh Allen going to him a lot when, when he needed to get first downs late in games and in the two-minute drill in the first half. And I don't see that changing. I think Cole Beasley is still going to be able to run Chris Sprouts and you know, it's easy for Josh Allen to complete a pass six or seven yards downfield. And Cole Beasley can reel him in. So as as a pure volume slot receiver, 
that you can carry on the bench. I think Cole Beasley is a great pick in the double-digit rounds. Okay, and I'll just kind of go through my team. I had a fourth pick and did not like my team. Just too many question marks. I went with Ezekiel Elliott in round one, and uh, who was my round two pick? Is that Adam Thielen? It, yes. So, is that Velvet? It, it, what is this? It's beautiful. Uh, <laughs> I have. Uh, I guess if Juju Smith-Schuster is my round three pick, bounces back and he's Juju, then I could have a good team. But I just too many question marks. I have Drew Brees at quarterback, Zeke, Damian Williams at starting running back, Juju, Adam Thielen, and Christian Kirk at wide receiver. I, I'm pretty happy with that. I am. Um, but again, it's just none of those guys feel like a certainty to me, including Thielen. Uh, Hunter Henry at tight end. Ronald Jones at flex. I did like that pick. Ben Roethlisberger at super flex. Now, I did, did do two things that I like. I have um, Nick Foles and Dwayne Haskins. I have four quarterbacks. And that, you know, that they're currency. That's trade bait. Some guys are going to get hurt. Dave only has two quarterbacks plus Cam Newton. So if one of his starting quarterbacks gets hurt, he, he may not have anything to turn to in Cam Newton. Cam Newton might not be a starter. So I'll say, all right, Dave. I've got Nick Bowles. You've got Dalvin Cook. Let's make the deal. I'm sure he would do that. So I will end up basically with one of the best players in football because I, I have not. Uh, but their currency is my is my point, and they'll pay off. But jokes point. aside, I I do like that you said that that Dave has Cam Newton and might not be a starter, but someone might trade for Nick Foles who might not be a starter. Oh, he'll be a starter. Uh, and Dwayne, I, I have Dwayne Haskins too. Uh, but anyway, I, I thought that having, was the steal of the draft. Haskins, yeah, super late. I don't know why. People didn't want him, you know. With round fourteen, uh, yep. we had a seventeen round draft, so that was good. I I think that my big mistake was Hunter Henry, instead of um a number two quarterback, I could have taken or no instead of I would say instead of a better running back, I could have had more running back depth. I could have taken like Carryon Johnson or Mark Ingram, but I took Hunter Henry and Dave has Darren Waller or was that Jamie nope. has Darren Waller? Jamie's oh, got Waller. Darren I've Waller. got Ertz. So, you know, there are a lot of points that are going to be scored in this league. You've got two quarterbacks. You've got three receivers. You've got a flex spot. You've got PPR. I don't think a guy like Hunter Henry is that valuable in this format. And I think George Kittle is, and, and he took George Kittle in round two. But, you know, I, I, I don't know. I don't like tight ends that much. I don't like the mid-tier of tight ends that much in a super flex PPR league that starts three receivers and a flex. They don't score enough points. Like their tight ends are valuable because of position scarcity, except for the elite ones. They're valuable because they're great. So I'm not like I wish I hadn't taken Hunter Henry. I wish I had punted tight end at that point, taken a better player, and just gotten you know uh, the number twelve tight end off the board and Johnny Smith. Uh, yeah, something like that. I Adam, I think if you knew you were going to get Noah Fant in round twelve, exactly, you wouldn't have taken Hunter Henry in earlier in the draft. Exactly. No, so which that, which was another amazing pick. Like I was thinking about taking Noah Fant in round twelve, uh, and and I didn't do it because I had Zach Ertz and I didn't want to have Noah Fant language on the bench. I needed a third quarterback. I figure Cam Newton will get a job eventually. I took Cam over Fant in a regular draft. Obviously, Cam. I don't know if Cam gets drafted in a regular draft, but I would have taken Fant sooner than this in a regular draft. His value is an example of what you can find in the double digit rounds in a super flex draft where people are going after quarterback a lot heavier. Yeah. So I know that this is a sort of an Adam philosophy and not everybody agrees, but I just feel like tight ends aren't as valuable in a format like this. I regret taking Hunter Henry there. 
Um, and uh, that'll pretty much wrap it up. I wanted to plug one thing, as I should have done this earlier, but I did not. A little bit of an unusual week for us. Wednesday's show is actually going to be recorded Tuesday night. It is going to be not a fantasy show. It is going to be a draft of fictional football players. Uh, we did this on the Fantasy Baseball Today podcast. It was very well received. It was a lot of fun. We did fantasy. We did fictional baseball characters. I had the first pick. I took Steve Nebraska. He is from the movie The Scout. He's Brendan Fraser's character. He threw a perfect game on the minimum amount of pitches. He threw uh, 81 pitches and all 81 strikes. He struck everybody out. He also hit a home run to lead the Yankees to a win in the World Series. So he was the number one pick. Uh, I had Dottie Hinson and Marla Hooch on my team. I had Benny the Jet Rodriguez. I had Kelly Leak. I had superstars from all different types of leagues, and I had the best draft. So we're going to do the same thing for football. I've got a great sleeper that I hope nobody takes. I want to take him in the later rounds. Um, and we're going to do that with the pick six guys. It's going to be me and Jamie representing FFT, and two of the pick six guys, including Will. I think it was Sean is going to be the other one. That's going to be recorded Tuesday night. You'll probably hear it Wednesday morning or, or Tuesday night, whatever. And I'm doing rankings. I'm going to kick your butt in this one. Yeah, no, I, I've got to do some, some research for sure. Uh, but it'll be no, I have a question. So we talked, I called you earlier this morning. I wanted to double check this and, uh, just to see. So like the characters and remember the Titans, not eligible, right? Oh, because they're real. No, right. I, I think they are. I think they are. So now you're bending the rules. Well, That's not what you told me this morning. <laughs> you know, so give me an example. But like, so so I would say like you couldn't do if in baseball you couldn't do Ty Cobb from the movie Cobb, right? right. That's obvious. Uh, but can you do so like the first the first thing that came to my mind when you sent me this? I was like, uh, oh, um, uh, I'm blanking on his name, but the kid from the Express, the Syracuse running back. Oh right, no, you can't do that. Right. So I guess yeah, I guess you can't do Remember the Titans. Now, but I, I don't know because, because I can see what was what was fictional and what was yeah, not. Yeah, that's the they thing. Obviously... They're they're not. It's not like that movie, The Express. Like they're first of all, they're not like the greatest players in football history. And I know. Uh, well, Steve Nebraska is not the greatest player in baseball history. No, but I mean, uh, I mean, they're not based on actual great football players like the Syracuse running back. Oh, okay, I got you. Yeah, you know. Um, all right, we're gonna have to we're gonna hash this out via email. And then and then obviously the uh, I, I've never seen a TV show, the Friday nights Friday Night Lights TV show, but the movie is based on real life. It is. Like, the movie is absolutely it is. Well, those guys weren't that good anyway. I don't think. And the book. Yeah. Come on, man. You want to win? Let Boogie spin. Kidding <laughs> 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 Uh. Okay. Well, we're gonna have to talk about this. We're gonna have to figure this out. I think when it's based on like obscure players, it's one thing. When it's based on like Hall of Famers, it's like a movie about a Hall of Famer. You know, that's, yeah. that's a little different, but I'm looking yeah. forward to it. I hope, I think y'all enjoy it and uh, that'll be tomorrow. And we'll uh, save some emails for later on in the week. I want to thank Dave, Jamie and Heath. Heath, you haven't spoken in, in five to 10 minutes. I apologize. Say goodbye to everybody. No. <laughs> well, I've got a golf course to call. Thanks for listening, everybody. Na 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 na.